Coming up. Samuel is hanging out with Eli all the time. All the time. His father figure. Again, one of the greatest things you can do to show love to your children is give them your time. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. The role of a father is significant and has lasting impact. Regardless of the father you had, or the father you've been, there are some great biblical examples to follow. Join us as Pastor Rob discusses various impactful aspects of being a father in the message, fatherhood, leadership, love, legacy, and life. Here's part one. James 1, verse 17. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. I want to talk to you today on the topic fatherhood, leadership, love, legacy, and life. So we're going to talk about fatherhood from those four perspectives. Love, leadership, love, legacy, and life. From the passage we just read, we see that our Heavenly Father is the ultimate example of fatherhood. This is conveyed because it tells us that whatever is good and perfect, meaning complete, whatever whatever it is, is a gift from the Father above. The giving of good gifts is an element of fathering. I'm going to say that again. The giving of good gifts is an element of fathering. So any good thing that you have, and it came from God, our example of fatherhood. In fact, uh, some may say, um, well, some of you might say that I didn't have a good father. We've heard that in the reflection, one of the reflections. And you might say, I, and he never gave me anything good. Uh, some might say, I don't, even re- I don't even know who my father is. Others may say, I wasn't loved or cared for by my father. Or I was grossly mistreated by my father. These things may be true, and you may still be dealing with some issues, just to keep it real. Not to belittle your experience and not to say your experiences were good, because they were not. 
Clearly, it is not good when a father mistreats his children or doesn't provide for or love them or give them good things. However, in one of the Ten Commandments, God says, all of us, regardless of the circumstances, should honor our fathers, meaning respect them. There's a couple of reasons we should. One is they are a person who was created in the image of God. And two, God used them to bring us here. The fact that we are here is one good thing that you can focus on about it all. The physical part that they played to get you here was good because it worked. <laughs> okay. It worked. And you're here. So you can look at that as good. All right? <laughs> and so I want to encourage you to use to choose to honor your fathers regardless of the circumstances. And today I want to focus on, like I said, four good things about fatherhood. And I want to do this to show our gratitude for fathers and to encourage us fathers to be better in our fathering and to grow in our fathering, to enjoy our fathering, to embrace our fathering. I want us to look at four fatherly relationships in scripture. Two of them will be father figures, and two of them will be biological fathers. The first example uh, regarding leadership, write that down on your paper, leadership is the first example that we're gonna look at. And to do that, we're going to look at the relationship between Jethro and Moses. Jethro and Moses. Jethro was Moses' father-in-law. He was his father-in-law. So he was a father figure. He wasn't his biological father, but he was a father figure to Moses. And just to give a, a, little, uh, a little background, um, uh, one of the things, and write this down, is Jethro, um, leadership, under leadership, and Jethro demonstrated this, uh, their uh, father figure should provide provision. Provision. Write that down. Number one is provision. And so to give a little background between Jethro and Moses, um, we know about Moses leading him out to, leading the, the children of Israel out of Egypt, but uh, his relationship with uh, Jethro started before he led them out of Egypt. And Moses had left Egypt and had went because he had left Egypt and he had went and sat by a well. And Jethro's daughters came along to draw water out the well and to take care of the sheep that they were contending to. Jethro had seven daughters. I'm going to say that again. Jethro had seven daughters. I don't, I, well, I got my two goddaughters, and, and, you know, that causes me problems. <laughs> 
mentally and psychologically and emotionally. You, you know what I'm saying? I can't imagine having seven daughters. And one of the reasons it caused me problems because I know how we are, brothers. <laughs> I, I know the knucklehead I used to be, you know? And just to think that they got to deal with knuckleheads, that's an issue. But Jethro has seven daughters. Just, just let that marinate a little seven of them. And all seven of them came to the well, and Moses was sitting there. And there were some knuckleheads at the well. I'm just giving you the story. There's some knuckleheads at the well. These knuckleheads was giving these seven girls problems. They weren't trying to step to them. At least the scripture doesn't reveal that. But it does tell them that they, they, they shunned them away from drawing water out the well. They wouldn't let them get the water from the well. Okay. Knuckleheads. But Jethro, but Moses was there, though. Moses stood up for him and took care of the situation and made sure that they got water out the way. In fact, he drew it out for them and helped them take care of the sheep. And this is, again, Moses' introduction to Jethro through his daughters, right? And so the daughters went back to talk to their father, and our text picks up there that's on your paper, Exodus 2, 19 and 20. It says, an Egyptian rescue, they tell him the father, because he, he asked him, he asked him, how did you get back so quickly? Because he knew that generally when they go to the well, it takes longer for them to return. But because Moses helped them out, they got back quickly. And he asked, how did he get back so quickly? And here's their response. Exodus 2, 19 and 20. An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. A apparently, this was a routine thing. They was dealing with these knuckleheads all the time. <laughs> Yeah, y'all, you know, you know, you you know, your daughters are dealing with knuckleheads all the time. <laughs> you send them to school; it's a bunch of knuckleheads there. Okay, <laughs> y'all know, you know, you know, it's just where it is. Ladies, y'all been dealing with them too, huh? Knuckleheads, huh? At work, yeah, knuckleheads. Right? It was a, it was a routine thing. And so they got back quicker. So they said, the Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. And then the father said, well, when, where is he? The father asked, why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Here Jethro was demonstrating fatherhood and making provisions. He... he he just was a guy that had helped his daughters, and Jethro was here demonstrating how to provide, and he wanted to give the guy a meal. He said, go invite him to come eat with us. One element of fathering is provision. Jethro was demonstrating that before Moses before he even met him, he was already demonstrating. He heard about him, and he said, I'm do some provisions. When I was, I was looking at this text, I thought about my father-in-law. Unfortunately, my father-in-law passed when I was in my early 20s. And it was particularly hard for me 
because I was actually looking forward to spending time, spending more time with him and learning to become a man through him because he brought some things to the table that my, my earthly father didn't bring. It was hard for me. He, uh, he, uh, he, he, before I became his son-in-law, just like here, you know, before Jethro, before Moses became Jethro's son-in-law, Jethro had demonstrated some fatherly things. Same thing happened with me and my father-in-law. Before I became his son-in-law, he, he let me drive his car to the senior ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was taking his daughter. You know, I told y'all that uh, we high school sweethearts. I was taking his daughter, but he let me drive. It's, what, what, was, what was the car, dear? Cadillac Sedan DeVille. <laughs> yeah, he let me roll it. I wasn't his son-in-law yet. Provision. Provision. So I'm just giving you a taste why I was looking forward to a more Sedan DeVille driving. <laughs> You know, and whatever else came with that, you know. Um, and so, um, again, as I said, losing him was particularly hard for me. And so Jethro demonstrated this. Um, Exodus 3.1 tells us this. Uh, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. So now we see that some things have transpired since that first meal together. All right. Uh, there's a couple things that, that Jethro demonstrated. First of all, Moses got a job through his father-in-law. Huh? <laughs> huh? He's, he's taking care of their sheep now. Remember, the daughters was doing that before. They was, they was the one. Now Moses is taking care of the sheep. All right? Boy got employed through his father figure. Huh? Some of y'all, some of y'all may, might be your story, or you know somebody with a story like it. He got employed through his father figure. And then his father figure, you know, he got a wife through his father figure. You know, I, you know, I, I think what was the best out the deal was he got a wife. Because Bible says, man who finds a wife finds a good thing, right? And so Jethro was a father figure to Moses. He provided provision. Uh, number two, write this down, that another thing that a leadership, a fatherhood hap is displayed through leadership is guidance. Guidance, write that down, guidance. Exodus 18, 19, and 24 says, now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. Now, I'm going to stop right there um, because what was happening here, give you some backdrop in this conversation um, between Moses and Jethro. Uh, Moses was spending all day from the morning to the evening listening and dealing with folks' problems. Y'all must didn't hear me, because <laughs> y'all know 
That's a job. Huh? Uh, your, your coworker slide into your cube and start talking. You'd be like, when they leaving? You know, and you're on the clock getting paid. You know, and you're still like, when are they leaving? Moses was dealing with this all day. Folks coming in with issues and problems, and he judging it and making decisions for them all day long. Jethro said, oh, oh, stop the presses. Look what Jethro tells Moses. He said, man, <laughs> that ain't going to work. All right? He says here, this text picks up, Exodus 18, 19 through 24. He said, now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him, teaching them God's decrees, give them his instructions, show them how to conduct their lives, but select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all, and all the peace. These people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. It, it, it makes me wonder if my, my father-in-law had been around long enough, if he had what he what he would have said. Now, Robert, sit down, listen to me. <laughs> I'm sure he would have had something to tell me <laughs> about what he's seeing me do in my life. He said, I, I remember, that, I, yeah, I remember one time he, I went over there. He was in the kitchen, and we was chopping it up, and he, he pulled out a, a, a boat, and it had a nut. It had a couple washers on it and a nut. Well, he, had, he pulled out. They weren't together. They were separate, and he was, he was asking, he was quizzing me on some mechanical issues. And he asked me which, which he, had a, he had a flat washer and a lock washer. Now, I know that now because I went through an apprenticeship, but at the time, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know Jack, right? And he said, Robert, which one of these go on first? Yeah, he had a bolt, a lock washer, a flat washer, and a nut. And he said, Robert, which one go on first? I said, blub, blub, dub, dub. <laughs> I had no clue. Now, some of y'all may have been mechanical all your lives. Not me. I'm not that, I'm not that brother. I just ain't that brother, you know. I, I got some skills now because, like I said, I went through an apprenticeship. But it really ain't me. It just ain't me. But I couldn't answer his question. And so I'm sure he would have had some other stuff like that to pass on to a brother, especially when I got an apprenticeship program. I would have came on and said, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Jones, I'm in an apprenticeship program. I would say, what? I'm sure he would have had a whole bunch of stuff to say, you know, because he used to fix up everything around the house. You know, every, every, and I say everything, I mean everything. <laughs> okay. 
and he would have had some guidance for me. So Jethro here, a father figure, provided guidance to Moses concerning the matter, and Moses listened. The next example we're going to talk about has to do with love. Write that down. Love. Love. And it's, our example is the relationship between Eli and Samuel. The backdrop here is Eli was the priest and Samuel was the only child of Hannah who had prayed hard for a child because her, her womb was barren. And she prayed so hard, they thought she, Eli thought she was drunk because she was praying. No word, mouth was moving, but no words was coming out. And Eli said, what's going on? You been drinking? She said, oh, no, Lord. No, 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 no. I just, and she told him it's her story. And Eli blessed her. And then she ended up, God opened up her womb. And she had Samuel. And she dedicated Samuel to the Lord because she had prayed for him. So this is how Eli and Samuel's relationship starts up. And so the first element to show love, write this down, number one is time. 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 First Samuel 21, First um, uh, Samuel chapter 1, verse 22, and then 24 to 28 says this. And this is Hannah talking. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned, then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. I'm going to pause there for a minute because I want y'all, especially you ladies, to relate to this. She, her womb was barren and she was just grieving over it. Prayed to the Lord so hard that no words was coming out her mouth. And then the child comes and she gives him away. But to the Lord. And she says, I'm going to give him to the Lord permanently. And the text tells us as the Bible reads on that she would just go see him once a year. Right? But she said, I'm dedicating him to the Lord. Verse 24 reads on, when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle to Shiloh. They brought along three, a, a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. So Eli the priest, she was bringing the boy to leave him with Eli the priest, another father figure. And she says, sir, do you remember me? Hannah asks, I, will, I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And in 1 Samuel 2, 11 says, Then Elkanah, which was Samuel's father, returned home to Ramah without Samuel. And the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. So now Samuel is hanging out with Eli all the time.
this father figure. Again, one of the greatest things you can do to show love to your children is give them your time. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus Draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. It would have been a missed opportunity for your child to hear God speak. Makes me wonder. The times I wasn't paying attention to my son, perhaps. <laughs> what did I lose? What was missing? What didn't happen that could have? Because he gave his attention, his son heard the voice of God. That's a big deal. Thank you for listening.